a reading you're hearing. This is how it reads. I'm reading from the CSB version. Um, it reads like this. Rest in God alone, my soul, for my hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will not be shaken. Verse 7 says, my salvation and glory depends on God, my strong rock. My refuge is in God. Verse 8 reads like this, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge. If I could tag this text for our exchange today, and y'all be nice to me, I, please, please be nice to me. I like to tag it, in God we trust. In God we trust. Let's pray together and ask God to give clarity through this his servant. Father, we thank you and we bless you today for the opportunity that is ours to hear, to be hearers of your word. But you say not to stop at being a hearer, but you want us to be doers of your word. So now, Lord, I ask that you would take the hardened heart and make it one of fertile soil, that the seeds that are planted today, they would fall on good ground. And from that, you would do what you will to grow that seed. You would send ones to water. You would give sunshine to that seed. But Lord, we understand that you give the increase. <laughs> we have to do our part, but you are the one who is actually moving and shaking things. So now, Lord, I pray that you would shake up the follow ground. Help us to hear from you and you alone. Now, Lord, I pray um, for the weakness of man. Specifically, this man that stands before these, your people. I am nothing without you. There is no words that I can say if you don't breathe on them. So now, Lord, give me clarity of mind. Give me concision of speech and conviction of heart to tell the truth. Because we understand that the truth sets people free. And we want to be free people today. Lord, Scripture says that they desire, your people desire to see you. And so hide me behind the cross. Exalt yourself high. That people may say, what must I do to be saved? Touch the heart in the room and then also online. Be with me now. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' precious name. I pray in every glad heart said, amen. You may be seated. In God, we trust. Let me thank my wife for allowing me to come out here um, who is watching on the stream. She couldn't make it this time, um, but I appreciate her for all she does to make this possible. In God, we trust. Everybody in this room or some of us in this room howls a bill. You know, a single dollar bill or for some of y'all, y'all look like y'all got a little bit more money than that. Uh, but, but we all uh, hold or house some type of bill or have housed some type of bill. And, and you trust that when you put all your items on that belt, as it moves further or, or closer to the 
cash cashier, you believe that the thing you house in your wallet will help you get those items. One would say you trust that, that the bill that you would give to the cashier holds up its value. Y'all mighty quiet in here. Some of y'all trust money more than you trust God. You, you, you carried that bill with confidence. And maybe I'm not, you know, knocking on your door because everybody's using a credit card and cards at this season of this juncture of our lives. But I, I want you to stay with me because this is driving home a point. You, you, you trust that whatever you want, your, your, your needs are met when you go and you give that money in. How about this? Some of your wants are met. When you go to give that money in, you believe that that bill will help you get your needs and your greeds. But what some of us miss often is what it reads on the back of that bill. Right above that building, it reads a phrase. And, and I, I, I thank God that he divinely orchestrated this thing so that those words read true in God we trust. But some of us live as if it should read in money we trust. In relationships we trust. Y'all quiet, my Lord. In, 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 in school we trust. In degree we trust. Watch this. In the people I know I trust. And the problem with our society today, since I'm already here and y'all already not talking back to me. Here's the thing. Some of us live in this way because we allow society to dictate what we should believe and trust. It's all right. I got amens when I preached a sermon somewhere else, so I took them with me. Some of our lives look like we trust everything and everyone else above God. And, and, and watch this. I want to see if I can get some people who will be honest in, in this room tonight. I mean, in this room today. That, that, that you've tried the things and the people and you found out that you came up empty still. <laughs> that, 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 that he or she left you high and dry. That those pair of sneakers eventually got dirt on them and became unrepairable. That the house you bought at your prime is now crumbling. The plumbing is all over the place. The, the car you bought that was brand new in one season as soon as you drove off the lot. Watch this. You realize that maybe the car wasn't breaking down, but the gas prices went up high. You, you, you function as if it's everything else I trust in. And, and here's, here's, here's what's interesting. This is not new for you and I. What we see 
is people throughout scriptures putting their trust and confidence in everything else but God. I, I, uh, I'm, what am I trying to say? I, I'm just trying to get to the point of we need to trust God. We, we, we don't need to allow society to dictate what we do or say. We need to allow God to dictate what we do and say to society. <laughs> um, what we see here in this passage is... is is David displaying trust in God. But, but what's interesting is David here is a target. David is a dead man walking. David is surrounded by people who want him dead. And, and, and what's interesting is David has the money. David has the position. But what David clings to is God. <laughs> Y'all going to leave me by myself. Pastor, I hear you over here, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're with me. But why, look, look at verse 1. Look at verse 1. I didn't read verse 1, but I want to read it for you now. Watch this. David says, knowing what he knows, I am at rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. I'll explain those in a second. He's my stronghold. I will not be shaken. But watch this. Right after that, he says in verse 3, how long will you threaten a man? Will you attack him as if he is a leaning wall or a tottering fence? Verse 4, they only plan to bring him down from his high position. They take pleasure in lying. They, they bless him with the mouth. But inwardly, they curse him. But what is happening here in this text? I'm glad y'all asked. Y'all asked all the right questions. I told you that David was surrounded by people. But what I did not mention is David is surrounded by people that he knew. <laughs> now, before you get scared and think that this message is about your hater, it's not. Because that's not what this text is telling you. That's not what this text is teaching you. This text is not concerned about your hater. It's concerned about you. <laughs> How do I know? Because you need to guard yourself from being the one who thinks that they should run the life that they live. Let me see if I can make it plain. You know people right now in your life, and you would say, Lord, why do you have them in this position? At that very moment, you become the person who's coming against David. Because you think you know what's better than God knows. You and I are terrible gods. <laughs> if left up to you and I, we would put ourselves in the worst predicament. How do I know? Look over your life. And think of all the things God protected you from that you put yourself in. I just, I just wish, I wish the church would be honest. Just be honest. That, that there, are, there are opportunities that, that were presented to you. And you took it. 
and it should have ended your entire life. But God said, not yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> here's, here's, here's the principle that I want you to tuck away because this has really nothing to do with my sermon, but it's here in the text, so I have to deal with it. The, 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 the thing I want you to tuck away, the principle I want you to, to keep right here in your, in your pocket so whenever it happens is you need to take guard over your own heart. Amen. Protect your heart. Amen. Here's how you do it, though. Because we, we always get messages like, you know, protect your, you got to watch yourself, you got to be careful. And then nobody tells us how to do it. Here's, 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 how, here's how you do it. Ready? And it's not going to be my words. It's the word of God. The Bible says, how can a young man keep his way pure? It says, by guarding his heart with the word of God. You want to stay faithful in your marriage? I'm sorry, I, I forgot this is you Sunday. You, you, you want to you not slam the door in anger because your parents told you to do something? Guard your heart. Know that they're saying things not because they just want you to do it. But watch this, sometimes it's because they're trying to help you build some character so that when you're on your own, I thought more parents was going to say amen to that. It's okay. The principle here for verse 3 and 4 is protect. Watch, watch out for your heart. Protect, protect it. I gave you principles of how do you protect it. Let's, let's keep moving. Watch this. David, <laughs> David says um, in verse 5, rest in God alone. Rest in God. Um, for, for the people who are taking notes, here's, here's something for you. Uh, if, if, if we are going to uh, truly trust God, we must, number one, find rest in God alone. Amen. Uh, this, the seasoned saints can say amen because, again, you, you've been in situations where you had, to, you had to trust God to bring you out of that thing. So, so youth, trust God alone. Find, find rest in him alone. Here's, here's, here's and, and I'm not going to geek out on y'all too much, but, but here's, here's what the NIV says. It says, find rest. The word here for rest, the, the, the Hebrew word, I'm going to break it down, I promise. The Hebrew word here means to stand still. It means to be motionless, to be rigid. Here's, here's another one, to keep quiet. Some of us talk too much. If it hurts, just say ouch. This is, this is, this is what's beautiful. David says, I'm in the presence of my God, and what I'm going to do is, I'm going to be quiet. Some of us have so many problems. And, and, and rather than actually getting to a solution, we rather just verbalize the whole problem. Not knowing that there is one who can solve the problem. 
but we are so focused. That's why some of our, um, uh, this is for the older folk, some of our, our, our therapy sessions um, are filled with us just talking and we never let the therapist actually give us homework to do so that we can get out the very problem that we're in. Okay. okay. I'm in therapy. It's okay. Uh, it's a, I know how it is. D- David says, I'm, I'm going to be quiet before God. Now, now some of y'all are saying, well, he probably, okay. What, what's so special about David being quiet before God? I have my moments of quiet with God too. Here it is. David is still being attacked. How in the world can you be quiet before God when people are trying to kill you? Here, here's, here's how I get to, to your door. How, how do you want me to not solve the problem when I feel like the world is crashing down on me? I know how it feels. First two years of our marriage. Lost four kids. How do you be still? How, how do I, what, where, where is this rest you're referring to, God? When life is hitting me like a ton of bricks, how do you find, what is, what is rest? <laughs> Can there ever actually really be rest for me? David says, sure enough, there's rest. There is rest for you. Watch this. But the rest has to be found in God. Your rest can't be found in nobody else but him. I told y'all already. There was already people who witnessed, who were testifying today, that they tried things and it failed. They tried that relationship and it didn't work out. They tried to drink it away and it didn't work out. They tried to have something else that would take them to sky nine, cloud nine, whatever, whatever it is. Take them away from their pain. Watch this. When you go up, gravity will pull you back down. <laughs> David says, find rest in God alone. Here's, here's another thing I could tell on myself. I have a hard time at resting. And not just physical resting, because I'm going to get my sleep. I'm going, I, listen, if my wife was here, she'd probably say, yes, he will. I don't care if there's a thunderstorm. I don't care if there's chaos outside of my house. As long as my doors are locked and ain't nobody trying to break in my house, I'm getting the rest that I need. But that's not the rest I'm talking about. What I struggle with is the rest of mine. Can, 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 I, can I share something with you? When I'm in the car... I don't listen to music. I don't listen to podcasts because I have an internal radio in my head going off of all the things that need to happen. All the pain that I'm going through. All the, watch this. All the, all the good things too. There is, a, there is an ongoing thing that's always running through my mind. I don't even need no music to distract me. But what's hard is because I'm a fix it, I, I, I have a hard time with actually sitting still to say mind and soul rest. 
That's what David's talking about. He's not just saying, because watch this, again, David is being targeted. So the people that are surrounding him are still there. What David says, he doesn't say, body, take rest. He says, soul. Some of us got a lot of things happening in our souls. I can get eight plus hours of sleep. But when I wake up, I'm still restless. I'm still weighted down. Why is that? Because my soul hasn't taken rest. David says, regardless of whatever has happened around me, I need my soul to take rest in God. <laughs> this, is, this is, I don't know if y'all know her, but Jackie Hill Perry says this. Uh, she's a great poet and I mean she does so many things but she says this about rest why is rest so hard it could be that rest imposes a certain limitation on us putting us in a position to find our purpose independent of our work the rest we resist is good for us it's our way to steward our entire selves how else will we remember that man doesn't live by bread alone. How else will we recall that the manna that came from heaven was not from Israel's hands? How else would we discover that God's provision isn't dependent on our hustle, but it's only dependent upon his goodness? This is what she says at the end. Rest is worship. It's worship because you realize you do not run nor own your own life. It is God and God alone who runs the show. This is hard for us, though. It's hard for me to take rest in God. Because I think my plan is actually better than God sometimes. Actually, watch this. And even if my mouth doesn't say it, my actions do. My actions do. Literally, you have to. Like, that's also what you're guarding your heart against. I mean, your 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 heart and your mind against yourself. You got some stinking thinking. <laughs> that's why David says, "Man, because I think so bad, let me rest my mind and my soul." Let me move. Let me move. Let me move. David uh, asserts trust in God alone. He is the only one who can deliver the psalmist from and provide safety and security. David knows and has experienced God to be the only one who could run the show. He also understands that God is the only one he can run to. David knows that God is a man of his word. And this leads me to my second point. Here's another point for you. Believe that he is who he says he is. Now, these points are not to just be taken and being like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm a... No, I want you to actually sit with these points. Sit with the point, with the fact that you need to rest in God alone and sit with the point that God is who he says he is. How do I know? Verse 6, he says, he alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. 
Watch this. I will not be shaken. <laughs> He's, here he says in verse 7, my salvation and glory depend on God. My, he's my, watch this, strong rock. I love how beautiful David writes this. He says rock first time, and then he says he's a strong rock. <laughs> I'm going to get to it. Here's, here's, here's what the definition of rock here. This is what David is referring to. David, uh, when he says my rock, he's saying this is, or he's, God as my rock is Yahweh's protection. Which means he's protecting me. Then he says, my salvation. Which means that this is a liberation that God provides from harm and hazard. David is not just saying, oh, he's my rock. He's my salvation. He's my stronghold. He's giving them context here of what he means when he says these things. He says, one, he's, he's my protection. He's my rock. He's my protection. Then he says, he's my salvation, which means I, I have freedom in God. I'm protected from hurt and harm and hazard. But watch this. Then he says, he's my stronghold. Now, some of us, if you're like me, you looked at this and you said, stronghold. Because when, you, when I hear stronghold, I used to think, like, I'm bound. You ever heard them people say, we're breaking strongholds right now in Jesus' name, right? You ever heard them people that's what I thought of when I, heard, when I saw this. But that's not what David's saying. David says, the Lord is my stronghold. Y'all sleeping on me. It's all right. This, this, this definition, what David means when he says stronghold, he means that my God is a high place. It literally means a high wall or a stable protection. He doesn't just say he's my protection. He goes on and he says he's a stable protection. Stay with me, y'all. I, I promise I'm going to get y'all to the point. He says, he's, I, I want to I move beyond him just protecting me, but he's a place where I'm high and lifted and I don't have to worry about the chaos that's happening around me. This is for a few people who actually got chaos happening in your life and you need some type of refuge. Here it is. You ready? He says, though, it's, it's just, let, let me use this as an illustration, right? Y'all are the people, and I'm David. Y'all want me dead. I hope you don't really feel like that in your heart. Okay? Y'all want me dead. But what I'm standing on is a platform. David says, I see them, and they're trying to attack me. But you have been my high place. If some." Here it is. If some type of water became or came into this building and started to flood this, some of y'all sneakers would be wet. Y'all would be sitting there like, oh, man, what's, what's going on, right? But I don't have to worry about that because I've been placed higher. The trouble will come. But David says, even though it's here, I'll take refuge in my high place. Here it is. You're going to need a high place. What's guaranteed in life is that there will be trouble. But what's also guaranteed in life is that God is with you. <laughs> notice, notice, I'm going to tell you, here it is. Here it is. David has trouble. I told y'all. Here it is. Verse 3 and verse 4. They trying to attack me. But watch how David forms this, this, this writing, right? I believe this is how he wrote it. This is so beautiful. He, had, he says... 
Rather than saying my problem, solution, problem, David says solution, problem, solution. Y'all watch it. Verse one says, I find rest in God alone. Solution. Then he says, y'all are attacking me. Problem. But he sandwiches it in between a solution. I find rest in God. Too many of us give our problem the greater narrative rather than your God the greater narrative. The solution is as long as I'm living, I have God, not I have problems. That's already guaranteed. This is a fallen world. This is what we live in. What David says, I need to remind myself that as long as I'm here, I have a God who is protecting me and who is covering me in my problem. Okay, if this message does not get you today, tuck it away for when the problem comes. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, let me just say this. Here, here's, a, here's a quick tool. I want you to go back. When the problem happens, I promise you something's going to happen. Whether big or small, whatever it is, you're going to be discouraged at some point in this life. Here's what you do. You go back to YouTube, type a new direction, find the sermon by Pastor Vern on July 31st. 2022 and play this part over and over again. Find rest in God. Let, let, me, let, me, let me tear the wall down because I think y'all think I'm very old. I'm not. Not at all. My wife's older than me. I get, I'm glad to say that. She's a uh, She's a, uh, I know, I'm going to watch myself. I have to go home to her tonight. Um, she's, she's in her 30s. I'm not in my 30s yet. And, amen. So what that means is, I'm young. I'm young. Pastor asked me earlier, he said, what year did you graduate high school? I said, 12. He said, I won't tell you how, what year I graduated. I said, okay, no problem. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But here's, here's, here's what's, what's true, is that though I am young, I've experienced some things. <laughs> Problems are not limited by age. <laughs> My niece was born without a functioning liver. Problems didn't have, they didn't say, oh, I'm going to wait till the 65-year-old who did whatever they did in their life to make sure that their liver doesn't work or their kidneys don't work or their heart doesn't work. No. There is no, there, there is nobody saying, I'm going to wait till the old people get old to start giving achy bodies to. <laughs> Some of us, we hit 19 and we like, oh, gosh. My knees. What does that mean? It means, watch this. This is the beautiful part. That this life is not it. And if you're basing everything on what you can do here, I, you're, listen, you're wasting your time. 
The thing you should treasure is how you love on people. Because God honors the disposition you have to others. How do I know? Because he says, how can you say you love me? Whom you've never seen. But the one who you sit next to in church on Sunday. You treat so bad. Just because your car stuttered on the way to church. You say you get to treat them any old kind of way. Let me move. I'm moving. I'm moving. <laughs> David, David has, he doesn't just have. I told you David has experience of God being these things. And, 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 and David also could have experienced other people experiencing God be these things. Here, here's, here's how I know. Uh, because Isaiah might have experienced God as being a rock. How do I know? It's in Isaiah 26, verse 4. It says, trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord your God is a everlasting rock. Amen. So David see, hears that and he said, oh, man. I can hold fast to the Lord as a rock because I've seen him be a rock for somebody else. But it doesn't just stop there. Now we have, we have the scriptures, right? We have, it's not just Old Testament. We, you know, some of us are just like, I don't want to read nothing about the Old Testament because it's just laws and all this and Jesus came and, okay, well, here, here is this, this is for you, okay? Matthew chapter 7, verse 4, uh, yeah, chapter 7, verse 24 to 20, uh, 27. It says this, everyone then who hears my words, hear these words of mine and does it is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. And the rain fell. And the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat upon the house. Here's the beautiful part. But it didn't fall. This is, this, what's this proving? It proves that the rain will fall. The winds will blow. It's going to happen. Why? Because this is not what God sees as the kingdom yet. He's restoring that. But while you're here, he says, it's going to have the rain will come. It's going to beat upon your house. But watch this. He says, um, it, it doesn't fall because it's founded upon the house. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And when the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew, the house broke because there was no foundation that was strong enough to hold the house. Here's what I want to encourage you. Whatever foundation you build your life upon, if it's not the rock, tear it down. Stop building your life upon my grandmother's prayers. Stop building upon my grandmother's religion, my daddy's religion, my mom's religion. That's not yours. It's not yours. You're just taking what they were saying. Now, don't get scared. Don't get scared. They can encourage you to trust the God that they believed in. But you have to do the work to know the Bible says, oh, taste and see. Your grandmama tasted and seen. Your dad tasted and seen. When are you going to taste and see? 
We always try to live our lives through somebody else's uh, relationship with God. That's not your relationship. You've seen them be faithful to God, but it ain't your, you ain't been faithful to God. You saw them praying on their knees night after night, but you ain't never crack open your mouth to say anything to your God. Your God. David says, I've experienced him as a rock. He's my rock. And I know I can take rest in my rock. He then says, he's my salvation. Exodus chapter 20, verse 2. I got to move. He says, the Lord. He said, I am the Lord your God. I brought you out of the land of Egypt, the place of slavery. Which means he says, I'm, I'm the one who will take you out of that situation. Sometimes he won't leave you in it. He'll, he'll, he'll grant you some, some favor and take you out of the problem. But what if he doesn't? Do you still believe him? Do you still trust him? <laughs> Let me just rush to the point. Here it is. He is my everything. He's not just a rock. He's, just not, he's not just salvation. He's not just a stronghold. He's my everything. Can I give you some Bible? Because that's what y'all love. That's what y'all respond to. I'm glad. I'm glad. That's a good church. That's a good church that responds to the word of God. Here it is. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. God replied to Moses. He says this. You want to tell the Israelites something? Moses, tell them I am that I am. <laughs> God, God says, you know what? I'm tired of expressing myself in all these little ways for them to be. Yeah, I, I've, I've been there, Rock. I've been there. I've provided manna from heaven. He says, I'm not doing that no more. I'm just going to tell you who I am. And he says, I am. That I am. Which simply means everything you ever need is in your God. Once again, I'm going to keep saying this until, until y'all get it in your heart. If it's not happening for you today, tuck it away. It's going to be a moment in your life where you need God to be your everything. And the quicker you submit, I know that we don't like that word, the quicker you submit, to God being everything, you'll realize that there's freedom and not bondage in Christ. Um, <laughs> it, it doesn't just stop at Old Testament. I read Exodus chapter, thir- uh, chapter 3, verse 14, that God is everything. It doesn't stop there. It said, Jesus says in the New Testament, he said, I and the Father are one. And if you believe that he is everything, you can count on me to be everything. (laughs) He said, for for I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except it's through me. (laughs) Okay, I'm running. Last, Last and final point, I'm done. I'm running out of time. Here we go. Here it is. Practice what you preach. Yeah. 
David moves from personal encouragement to a communal address. He tells the people to trust in God at all times. This is similar to what he does in Psalms 34. David in Psalms 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. This is how I believe David kind of did it. I'm, I'm going to sit on this stage for a second. Okay. I, I think he, he did it kind of like this. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Mm. Ooh, and his praises mm. shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. He then says, Ooh, this is getting warm in this room by myself. He said, my soul will make us boast in the Lord. <laughs> he said, the humble will hear and be glad. Then David realizes, he said, I shouldn't be worshiping by myself. He says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. <laughs> he said, let's exalt his name together. D D David moves beyond this personal praise. He says, this is, he's been too good to me. So I might as well ask somebody else to testify with me. He says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let's exalt. This is what he does. This is what he does. This is what he does. I'm, I'm getting to a close. I'm getting to a close. I promise. This is what he does here in, in Psalms 62. He says, he says, I rested God alone. He's my rock. I listed all the things that he is. He says, he's my strong rock. He said, I take refuge in my God. But then he says, he's... He's not just my rock. I shouldn't be the only one trusting him. He ain't just been good to me. He says, y'all need to trust him too. He says, y'all need to trust him at all times. That, here, here is a really quick uh, 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 definition um, in the Hebrew. All means all. It, I don't care how you flip it, what translation you're looking at. He says, trust in God at all times. Now, remember, David can say this to me because he is not, not, not the car broke down. David is, is he, look, he's he could die and writes these words, trusting God at all times. <laughs> he, the, the psalmist says, trust. Trust means to depend, to be confident in. But he doesn't stop there. He doesn't just say, be confident and trust God in. He says, pour out your heart. He says, let, let your problems known to God. But don't just stop at your problem. Know that your God can deliver you from your problem. Here, here's the other thing. Know that God is with you in your problem. It's all right. Tuck it away. He says, trust. He says, pour out your heart to God. Let it be known. Don't harbor that stuff in. It's eating you alive. And watch this. 
People can tell it's eating you alive. Some of us wear our pain on us. You ain't got to say a word. You slouched. Your face is scrunched all the time. David says, rest in God. And while you're resting in him, let it out. Pour out your heart. Tell him how you feel. But know that there's going to be a response in his word for how you even navigate that. Y'all quiet. It's okay. He says, he says why do we pour out our heart? Um, he says, it says, there is no, there is not a desire which God cannot gratify. Not a trouble in which he cannot relieve us from. Not a danger in which he cannot defend us in. You reach out and you call out to God. You find rest in him because he's willing and able to move and work. Watch this, not just on the situation, on you. The songwriter said it this way. He says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. I love the way it says, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. But I like, I like this. I like this. And I'm done. I'm in my seat. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. Verse 2 says, when darkness veils his lovely face. I rest on his, watch this, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor hold within the veil on Christ the solid rock. All other ground is sinking sand. What have you built your life on? Is it the rock? Or is it sinking sand? The Bible says, choose ye this day. Who are you going to serve? Will it be God or man? The choice is yours. Generation of old, keep living life, trusting in God and being the example. But those young people here today, if you have not built your life on the rock, choose Jesus Christ. The storms will come, but depending on what foundation you build your life on, dictates how your house will stand. Father, we thank you. And we bless you for the opportunity that is ours to know you. Thank you for removing the veils from our eyes. Thank you for being our rock and our salvation and our stronghold. Thank you for being everything that we need. Thank you for Jesus Christ who is our hope because of the death, burial, and resurrection. Thank you for being a gracious God who looks beyond our faults and sees and supplies our every need. Now, Father, I pray for the one who does not know you, who has not put their faith and confidence in Jesus Christ. Would you move their hearts now to trust you? 
there's one here today who wants to place their faith in Jesus Christ, would you just slip your hand in the air? It's the best decision you can make. It's the greatest decision you would ever make. Is there one? Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you just slip your hand in the air, we would love to tell you about the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, move on the hearts now. We pray these things in Jesus' name.